0: So as Pastor Noel he said, um, today's theme of the day is um, faith, faith, safe zone or faith zone. Um, and so he'll be preaching on that one in a moment. But we've got the Bible readings today as well. So the first one comes from Exodus 3 verses 1 to 8. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Medan. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer. The Lord Lord warned, take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezerites, Hivites, and Jezebites now live. But then Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign, that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel I am has sent me to you. But Moses protested again, What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, What is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down to the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out again, his hand was as white as snow with severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in. And when he took it out, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and you are not, and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, They will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out onto dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn into blood on the ground. Uh, And then the next one's from Matthew 14. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross the other side of the lake. ...while he sent sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hillside by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there, alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. And they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified... In fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Do not be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's pray. Father God, as we come to hear from your word, pray that your Holy Spirit would be active in us and among us. Um, guide my words so that they would be your words. Uh, give us hearts open and receptive to hear, um, to respond, for you to grow our faith, to change us more like Jesus. And we commit all this time to you in his mighty name. Amen. I can't see the back, but that's all right. We'll work out that way. Uh, When people talk about regrets with me, I notice that their regrets often sort of end up in two categories. And the first is their regrets about the things they have done. They might be silly. They might be serious things where they've hurt others and they really regret doing those things. Even dumb choices we regret making, sometimes we're still living with the consequences of them. Then there are the regrets of the things we wished we would have done. And some of them weren't necessarily hard things, but more things we neglected to do. We might have neglected spending time with our kids and we regret not doing that while they were growing up. But then there are some things we regret not doing that were actually hard things at the time they involved risk and it was because of that risk we thought no I'm not going to do it I'm going to play it safe and now as we look back maybe with the hindsight of time and a bit of wisdom with age we go "Why didn't I go for it why didn't I take that opportunity or step into that thing have you got any regrets like that as you look back over your life, can you think of something you regret not doing because you were too afraid of the risk at the time? Well, today we look at Moses, and Moses was possibly the greatest person in the Old Testament. Uh, Moses led the people out of Israel—sorry, uh, led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Moses spoke to God face to face. On more than one occasion, and um, Moses, part of the Red Sea, God used him to give us the Ten Commandments. So he, amazing, amazing man. Yet I wonder if any of us would know him if Moses didn't decide to take a big risk and step out of his safe zone into what I'm going to call the faith zone today. And that big step in his life happened when God came to him. And spoke to him at the burning bush. The decision Moses made that day to step out of his comfortable, safe zone in the desert and go back into the faith zone of returning to Egypt. Will it define the next 40 years of Moses' life? He had daily encounters with God as he looked to him to help get him through. But it wasn't an easy decision it was a really, really difficult decision and it would have been much easier for Moses to stay put in the desert and not step into the faith zone. And that's actually true for you and me. Our natural tendency is to want to stay in the safe zone. We prefer comfort over discomfort, convenience over inconvenience, um, the things we feel competent to do over the things we don't feel confident to do. And the reality is that none of us really like to move out of our safe zones. It doesn't come naturally into where we're uncomfortable, into where we've got to look to God and have faith. When Moses responded to God's call at the burning bush, his life was suddenly ripped out of his safe zone and thrust fair and squarely into the faith zone. And the question I want to look at this morning is how did Moses do it? How did he overcome all those things that are in all of us, not just him, that want to play it safe and step into the faith zone? To do this, Moses had to overcome three things, so we're going to look at them. First of all, Moses had to overcome the experiences of his past. Now, Moses was born into a really uncertain time, particularly for him, because the leader of the ruler of Egypt, Pharaoh, was deciding to implement a population control over the Hebrews who were breeding like crazy by killing all the newborn baby boys, which Moses happened to be one of. So his life was in danger and his mother literally, in a sense, put him into God's hands by placing him in a basket into the Nile River and going, God, it's up to you. And God actually came through because Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses, scooped him out and said, oh, isn't he cute? Took him home and raised him in the palace of Pharaoh. So Moses had a very comfortable upbringing. Uh, He would have wanted for nothing. But then at about age 40, Moses decided to take a risk and he left the safe zone and he tried to do something in his own strength for his people. He actually was defending a fellow Hebrew and in the act of defending him, he killed an Egyptian. And what was the result of his human effort there? Well, Pharaoh found out and Pharaoh wanted to kill him, so he had to flee everything he'd known up to that point, his safe, luxurious life in the palace, and go and hide, basically, in the desert. Now, that instance in Moses' life actually shows us uh, an important thing to keep in mind, and that is whenever we do sense we're called to step into the faith zone, out of the safe zone into the safe zone, it's important we do it in God's way. And that's not always easy to discern, so it takes a lot of prayer. And if it's a big step, I would say it takes godly counsel from other trusted Christians. And the reason I say that, because as I get older, I'm realising that we can often misinterpret our enthusiasm to do something, or actually, alternatively, our discomfort in our current life situation as a definite push from God to go do something when it actually isn't. But you can get hung up on, is this God's way or not? Here's the good news. God can even use our incorrect, misguided decisions for his purpose. Even if we've discerned it wrong, God can still use it. And God used Moses' time in the desert to prepare him for leading the Israelites around in the desert many years later. Let's just pause and reflect is there a past failure that is presenting you, preventing you from taking a risk now? You tried something maybe for God, tried, stepped out in faith, and you failed, <laughs> fell flat on your face. And it was terrible, and you said, I'm never going to do that again. From now on, I'm playing it safe. What if God actually wants to use what you learned from that time? To prepare you for the next thing he's calling you. That it's time to let go of that vow and say, God, what what next? The second thing Moses had to overcome was the comforts of his presence. You know, it's a sad day when a person becomes so comfortable in life, the life they're living, that their desire to do anything significant for God kind of just ceases. Yes, it's good to be content with what we've got. Absolutely. But God has placed us here for a purpose. And until we breathe our last breath, he's got a role for every one of us to play in his kingdom purposes. Ask yourself this. When was the last time I attempted something for God that made me move out of my safe zone into the faith zone? When was the last time I had to look to God for his strength, his power? Because what I was attempting for him was more than what I could actually do in my own strength with the resources I had. You know, you might struggle to answer that. And the reason is it's so very, very easy for us to keep playing it safe all the time. It's our natural tendency God wants us to live by faith. He wants us to live in the faith zone. Why is that? I mean, doesn't God want me to be happy and comfortable and enjoy life? Well, God certainly wants you to enjoy life because he's filled this world with so many enjoyable things. But here's the point. God is way more concerned with your character than your convenience. God wants to transform you to be more and more like his son, Jesus. And as we look at the life of Jesus, it was a life lived in the faith zone. And as we look at the life of Jesus in the Gospels, it was not a comfortable life, was it? Daily, he had to look to God for his leading and his provision so that Jesus could fulfill the purpose that God placed him on this earth for. God's work of making us to be more and more like Jesus, to learn to trust him like Jesus did, it won't be comfortable work. It will require us to step out of our safe zones into what I call the faith zone, in trusting God more. Do you know what invariably happens when we live in the safe zone all the time? We become so comfortable with that, we actually take our eyes off God. And we just start looking at all the things around us in our lives that make it comfortable, that make it enjoyable. And that's where our focus is. And we no longer look to God for his strength and his support. When things go a little bit up and down, we look to the resources around us and we no longer trust God. And when that happens, God's transforming work to make us more and more like Jesus, well, it's really hampered. It, It may even stall in a sense. And our capacity to do something significant for God ceases. And I think we miss out on some of God's best for us. The desert had become a new safe place for, for um, Moses. It, and if he would have stayed there, though, he would have never achieved what he had done for God. God would have had to use someone else. But he responded and he saw God work in amazing ways. The third thing Moses overcame was the insecurity of his future. When God called him at the burning bush and said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to confront Pharaoh and lead all these Israelites out of slavery. Understandably, he was rather concerned about that, about how that was even going to work. And also his own capacity as a person to lead, to do it. And so he he gets back at God with a whole lot of questions. And we heard them in the readings before, and I'm going to pull a few out. Exodus 3.11, Moses says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Two verses later, he says, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, What is his name? What shall I tell them then? And then chapter chapter 4 verse 1. Or what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? And then in Exodus 4.10, Moses is doubting his own ability. He goes, O Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Every time he throws out a question or an objection, God thoroughly answers it. And then in Exodus 4.13, he comes straight out with it. I love it. Oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. (laughs) Don't you love the honesty? Because who probably wrote this story down? Moses. I would have left that bit out. (laughs) God wouldn't take no for an answer. And even though Moses was afraid, he agreed and he answered God's call. And he left his safe zone in the Midian Desert and stepped into the faith zone by returning to Egypt. And as a result, the people of Israel were delivered from slavery through his leadership. And it wouldn't have happened if he'd stayed put. I can remember the first time I sensed God was calling me into the ministry. And it was a very clear thought, so I sat there and I pondered it for a while and I thought, oh, hang on, this this isn't real good. I'll have to give up my job, my financial security. And then there was this thing called study. Six years of it. I didn't even know if I could pass the exams. And then perhaps the biggest one hit me. It was like, God, look who you're calling. In my eyes, and seriously, I'm not making this up. In the eyes of my friends, I was the last person you would have thought was suitable for the ministry. And maybe some of you are going, yeah, I can see why. (laughs) But it was true. And it was so confronting, I actually pushed it out of my mind for a whole year. But then God wouldn't let it rest. And eventually, he moved me to step out of my safe zone and into the faith zone by giving up my job, my company car, and going off to do 6 years' studies. And if I had time, I could tell you story after story of how God provided and opened doors for that whole journey. Now, you do not have to leave your job and go into the ministry to leave your safe zone and enter the faith zone. I nearly didn't share my story because it's a pretty big one in terms of life change, and I didn't want you to think that's the level I'm talking about. Maybe God has got something in store for you that big, but I think as you try to follow Jesus, you're going to be challenged every day almost in some ways to step out of your comfort zone into the faith zone. And, you know, in current-day Australia, being open about the fact that you're a Christian, that's no longer a safe thing to do, particularly in a secular setting. Maybe in church it's okay. I hope it is. But not out there in the world. There's a Christian author. He was a journalist. He's a pastor called Stephen McAlpine. And in his book called Being the Bad Guys, he highlights how things have dramatically changed for us christians living in australia he said up until a few years ago christianity was one of the voices to be considered in our society you know if it works for you fantastic if it doesn't work for me that's okay too and so it was one of the options however something has changed i reckon the last 10 15 years christianity is no longer an option it's actually one of the problems We're now on the wrong side of so many current issues and conversations. We're now the enemy. And who likes to be considered one of the bad guys? None of us do. And so the temptation for every one of us, particularly in secular settings, is to hide the fact that we're a Christian and avoid the accusations and attacks that will come our way as people who don't share our faith actually think they're doing a good thing for calling you out for being a Christian. For calling you out and saying, you're one of the bad guys now, you are part of the problem. Hiding our faith is living in the safe zone. Being open about our Christian faith is living in the faith zone. And there are other things where we have to step out of, step into an unknown areas in our lives. It might be like Taking a risk and being the first to apologize in a broken relationship so that it might be restored. Living in the faith zone may require trusting in God's provision so you can be generous to support the poor, the needy, or the work of the church or a missionary. Living in the faith zone may mean being obedient to God's work when it's so much easier not to and when the world tells you it's okay to do those things. Living in the faith zone may mean stepping into a new area of ministry and serving here that you don't quite feel competent to do. Living in the faith zone may mean acknowledging that, hey, I'm not travelling so good. I might need some professional help. It might mean taking the risk of seeing a counsellor and seeing what God does with that. What would living in the faith zone look like for your life right now? Or are you playing it safe that God might be nudging you to live by faith and step out of that? Do you think that one through? I'm going to look at quickly three important lessons from Moses' life. Number one, I've already said it, we do not naturally leave the safe zone. As we saw earlier, when God called Moses, he did not want to go. (laughs) And he argued with God, but eventually he left. He left. Just because you don't want to do something doesn't mean that's not the right thing to do. Secondly, growth begins when we leave the safe zone. Moses lived in the lap of luxury in Egypt. And if he had stayed there, he probably would have stagnated and just ended up this overprivileged, wealthy person in Egypt. But then he fled to the desert and that actually became quite comfortable for him. And he didn't want to leave there. But he began to grow when he was in the desert and learned a lot of things there. And then when God called him out of that into leading the Israelites, he grew again. Every step he took, he grew. Growth begins when we live in the faith zone, when we step out of our safe environments. Do you feel that you're still growing as a follower of Jesus? Or does it feel like your growth is stalled? Could this actually be a result of you choosing to live more in the safe zone than God's faith zone? Thirdly, the safe zone robs us of our greatest moments and memories. God would say, I didn't want to... Sorry, Moses would say, I didn't want to leave Egypt. But if I hadn't, I wouldn't have encountered God speaking through the burning bush. But I didn't really want to leave the desert then. But if I hadn't have gone, I wouldn't have experienced God delivering the Israelites out of um, slavery, parting the Red Sea. I wouldn't have seen him speak to me face to face. All those things. I would have missed out on it if I had played it safe. We see God most powerfully work when we step out of our safe zone into God's faith zone. When we take a risk or we attempt something for God. When Moses questioned God at the burning bush, one of the clear things God said to him is, I am with you. I will be with you. God says that to each of you today. In fact, he says, I am with you, and I will be with you in the future. You cannot actually take a step of faith without knowing that God is with you. Because if you're going to take a step of faith, even when I take this step, my faith is that this leg is going to hold me up. To take a step into God's faith zone is to place your faith in God. And that's why he promises and reassures you that you step there, I'm with you all the way. I'm there for you. You can have the courage to take steps of faith because the faithful one walks them with you. The life of Moses also shows us it's never too late to step into the faith zone. Sometimes as we get older, we think, oh, I think I'm a bit past it. Do you know how old Moses was at the burning bush? 80 years old. 80 years old. If you want to experience the power and presence of God in ways that maybe you haven't experienced it before, or maybe in ways you haven't experienced for a long time, then step into the faith zone. You may never see God part the Red Sea or lead a whole nation out of slavery in Israel, but I think God's still got surprises in store for all of you as you step into the faith zone. Is God calling you to do something with your life that will require a step into the safe zone? What is it? Has God maybe stirred something in you today? Maybe it's something you pushed under like I did. You're going, ah, I really need to take that prompting seriously and explore it some more. Do you feel you're stalled in your spiritual growth? Maybe you've even wondered, ah, I think I might need to find a new church because I'm just not growing at this church anymore. Is it possible that your stalled spiritual growth actually has more to do with you choosing to play it safe than it is to do with what's going on here at church? Maybe your desire to be comfortable is actually distracting you from what God wants to do in and through you, and as he does that, grow you. Where is God calling you to go? That means moving from your safe, comfortable zone into his faith zone. Wherever it is, God is saying to you, I'm with you. I'm with you the whole way. And even if you fall or fail or start to drown in the water like Peter did in the reading before, I'm with you to pick you up and to put you back on track. I'm going to close now in prayer. And as I do, take a moment to... Ask yourself, God, where are you calling me to step into your faith zone? And wherever that step is, wherever that is, ask yourself this, what's the next step I'd to take to walk towards that? Because often bigger things have lots of steps. What's the step I should take this week to make that happen? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your incredible faithful to our, faithfulness to us in Jesus. We confess that we've often doubted your faithfulness and lived in the safe zone rather than the faith zone. Through your spirit, grow in our hearts a confident faith in your goodness and provision. Clearly show us where you are calling us to step out of our safe zones into your faith zone. Enable us to see the next steps of faith you're calling us to. Prevent our doubts from crippling us and give us the courage to take these steps of faith. Help us leave our past failures behind in the assurance of your forgiveness and to walk into the future you've made possible for us in Jesus, who left his safe zone with you in heaven to walk by faith all the way to the cross for each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.